Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 973 of the Juicebox Podcast. Just like that, Jenny's back, and we're going to do another diabetes myth today. Today's myth is that there's a cure, and they're hiding it. They, whoever they are, are hiding the cure from you. They have it, but they won't let you see it. We're going to talk about that today. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Save 40% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX. Get a free year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order at DrinkAG1.com forward slash JUICEBOX. And please don't forget to use the links for Omnipod, Dexcom, US Med, all the sponsors. They're right there in the show notes of your podcast player and at JUICEBOXPODCAST.com. Jenny Smith works at Integrated Diabetes, and you can hire her at IntegratedDiabetes.com. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Doesn't matter if you have Type 1, Type 2, LADA, doesn't matter how you eat, everyone is welcome. Great conversations happening right now. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1, and I'm about to speak at the next live Touched by Type 1 event. Sometime during this episode, I'm going to give you all the details about that free event that's coming up soon in September of 2023. Come out and see me, won't you? Touchedbytype1.org. Okay. We are recording. All right, Jenny, uh, we are back to do another diabetes myth. And because you you and I were just chit-chatting, I don't have the document open. So just give me a second here to open that up. And let's see what we have done so far. A lot. We have done. Yeah, we're getting through it. We're doing. We're doing well. Uh, We did last week. We did um, the big one was that there are no diet restrict or excuse me that type type ones have a specific diet restriction, and we talked all through that. So then we did complications are inevitable that blood sugars don't alter how you think. So today. Oh, you ready to be snarky? Hmm. I'm gonna, I think we're going to have to be a little snarky during this one. Okay. Um, that there is a cure for diabetes, and it's being hidden from us. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. That's such a hard one. It is. Honestly. And I don't, I mean, it's it's like a deep, dark scary rabbit hole to honestly if you're going to go down and talk about that i mean I, we know what we know I, what i find astounding personally and kind of professionally or clinically is that there are really cool things that come out right mm-hmm. like this proved to be beneficial yes rats or whatever they're studying it in but we're planning to move into human trials and you never end up hearing about yeah. those. And where did where did this product go to? Or where did this, you know, procedure, where did it end up? Why is it not going any further? And there may be a very good reason that it never went to human trial, that it never went any further and thus we never hear about it again, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's where maybe the myth comes from is 
you hear something and you're like, wow, that's going to be awesome. And then five years later, it it's, it's gone. It's a poof. And it's gone. Think, like, where somebody, did the person disappear to? Yeah, so. <laughs> so what it reminds me of. And so, uh, listen, I'll just say right now, that's a there, that's a conspiracy theory, right? The, that's genuinely what that is. And letter of the law, none of us know for sure. Maybe there are five really wealthy people who have been cured of their type 1 diabetes. We wouldn't know about it if that had happened. But it seems unlikely to me. But I think it gets perpetuated, first of all, because I think people's minds like thinking about conspiracy stuff. I think it's kind of fun, right? But there's that story. I think everyone's heard a version of a story like this growing up. The one that was told to me was that, you know, decades ago, a guy invented a light bulb that never burned out. And he was super oh. excited. And so he took it to a big, uh, probably General Electric or something like that, went into a meeting and had all of this stuff there. Here are my light bulb samples. Here's my my work, all my notes. I've made a light bulb that won't burn out. And they said, thank you very much. Wrote him a check, took all of his stuff and lit it on fire in front of him. Right. Right. right? So that's the story that they told. And it, it's a, it, I don't know if it's a real story or if it's a wives tale, but it's the idea of like, why would the company make light bulbs that don't burn out? They burn sell, out. they sell light bulbs. They want to keep making light bulbs. And then that's what happens around this. Why would a pharma company, you know, put themselves out of business? They're selling insulin. But here's the, here's the thing, though. The people who sell the insulin, they're not the people who are looking for ways to cure diseases. That's no. not that's not their job. It's not the business they're in. Right. Right. Now, somebody's going to say, OK, well, yeah, but they're paying off people and they're doing. I don't know if that's happening or not. <laughs> like, like, Let's be honest. Nobody knows for sure. But the way I always end up thinking about it is, is that I, I don't know when large amounts of people are involved in a conspiracy it's difficult to keep it quiet. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you think if that's there a was, good way to think about it? Yeah. Like if there was really a cure for diabetes, someone wouldn't whistle blow that. You know what I mean? Like it would just take one guy with type one to know that, to be like, yo. And then I don't know. No, I, yeah, I, I can see both sides. Yeah, I really can see both sides. I can see, the standpoint of, as you said, the person or the business side of it selling, not really having any idea what's going on in the research side. They're just selling a product. Yeah. I mean, it it is a business, well, whether it's technology or a medication or whatever, it's a business. Mm -hmm. Sell the medication, right? Yep. Get more users of this brand of insulin versus that brand of insulin, right? Um and I don't think any company wants to put themselves out of business. Right. Right. See? But that doesn't mean that they're going behind the scenes necessarily and preventing research that could prove to many, many people right. a, an increase in quality of life from not having to manage like we do. So so oil companies aren't trying to figure out how to make electric cars, for example, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that they're falsely propping up the gasoline industry. They're just, that's not where they're putting their efforts. Um, so that that's the one thing. So, you know, people said, hey, there's a secret cure and Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about it. This is a thing that comes up so frequently online. Like people, uh, there are a number of people who are ultra sure that this is being kept from them. That's why I, I put it in here and I brought it up. Now, the next person says that it's even a myth that they're even working on a cure. And they say they, again, like, 
who the hell they is, you, you know. <laughs> Who's but, they, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there are plenty of researchers out there working on cures for all kinds of things. Do they think they're going to come up with one? I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe they're just dorky lab people who are going to make a living off of working on stuff for a lifetime. And maybe they right. really think they're going to get to it, and et cetera. But it's happening. I, I've actually spoken to the people who are doing it. Like, there are people working on it. I don't know that that means they're going to figure it out. Um, right. And so I think that where that kind of comes, like, to a head is the thing that almost everybody's been told, Right. And I mean, I'm sure somebody said it to you when you were diagnosed. They said it to me when Arden was diagnosed. Don't worry. A cure is like five years away. Touched by Type 1 is a longtime sponsor of the Juicebox podcast. And they are the people who gave me my very first chance to speak live to people living with diabetes. And I'm back at their event again this year. Now go to touchedbytype1.org. Click on Programs, then go to Annual Conference, and you're going to see that a free conference for individuals of all ages and backgrounds is coming up on September 16th, 2023. And the registration is open. The button is here, and you can clicky-click on it. Click. I did it. It's free. What did I just say? Registration is free. The entire day is free. I think they even feed you. Touched by type1.org. And I'm going to be there giving my talkie talks. And guess who else I hear is going to be there? A little bird told me. Jenny Smith is going to be there. Hello. What is this? Jenny and Scott in Orlando on September 16th, 2023 for free. Free? Are you kidding me? What are you people doing still listening? Touched by type1.org. Get over there. I, I, it, can it fill up? I, I think it could. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't wait. Yes. Do we know where that number came from? That's, I have, I've looked, yeah. honestly, I've looked where did it, because when I was diagnosed so many years ago, <laughs> it was five to seven. That's what they were saying. That was the consistent thing that I heard all the way up until the point that I left for college, I heard five to seven years, five to seven years. So where did this random, like, and where is their research? Like, where are they getting it from to actually pull a number like five to seven years we're going to have a cure? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, They pulled it out of the atmosphere is, it, it, that's my honest belief. So my, <laughs> like, ex my expectation is it's um, an amalgam of things. So at some time, somebody must have said, uh, well, there's this thing we're working on. And when we get over this last problem, it'll take us about five more years to get it out to the general public, right? And then someone hears that and goes, oh, it's five years away. Correct. And then it's whispered down the lane. And then before you know it, you're in a room with a nurse who's been a nurse for two weeks. And she wants to be comforting to you. I guess it could be he. They yeah. want to be comforting to you. And they say a thing. This is where I think this comes from. I think it's meant to be comforting. That's really what I think. You know? Yes. So absolutely no, that's a very valid point. I think that's also what my um what my doctor when I was first diagnosed was probably trying to comfort my parents. And you know, I was old enough at that point to also have an understanding mm -hmm. of what life with diabetes was gonna look like and was in, you know, what I had to do. And so maybe it was also for my earshot 
to hear yeah. something that was good. Like you're not going to have to deal with this forever. Just hunker down and yeah. do what we're telling you to do for a little bit of time. And then you'll get here. Right. And then five years from now, we'll tell you just, it's probably just five more years. Like, like that. Yeah. You know. Now the unintended, like significant health consequence of telling a person that this thing they were just diagnosed with is going to go away in five years. Do you, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking? It's, people then don't take care of themselves because they think it's temporary. Could be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I think that's the reason that when I heard that from the beginning, I never really, I never took that, despite it coming from a clinician in a white coat, in a very professional, you know, office space, my age, I just didn't take it for anything. Yeah. I was like, ah, I hear this great, whatever. But mom and dad are taking all the education that they were putting in, you know, to effect and teaching me how to use it and incorporate it into my life. And that was, that was what I did. The, the idea of something that was so unknown in what it could potentially be five to seven years from now. I don't think I even really considered that it was just do this, do this, and it means that I can do the other things in life that I've always been doing and that I always want to do. But I think you're right. If somebody hears that in just this short time, maybe well, I don't have to really pay attention because eventually something's going to take care of this for me. So I just have to make it through yeah. enough. I've heard that from a number of people I've interviewed. It, it's one of the sadder things like, oh, it got away from me because I thought it wasn't going to be forever. And then my health got worse and I, and I didn't know really how to take care of it. So it all snowballed from there. Listen, Generally speaking, I think people would think of me as cynical. I'm not cynical. I think of myself as realistic, um, except this got the better of me when Art was first diagnosed. So in a normal situation, if you told me, don't worry, people are going to come up with a mat, like they're going to like make a thing on the earth that doesn't exist anymore. I'd say, eh, probably not. You know, like as a species, we, we're not running around inventing things constantly and making diseases go away. I wouldn't believe that. But when Arden was diagnosed and she was just a baby, the first time I saw one of those those online things about a mice, you know, we cured a mouse and we're going to move to human trials. We just have to fundraise a little bit. Like, you know, it made it sound like they were just a check away from it happening. I went to my wife in another room. I was crying. Like I, I said, yeah. and I said to her, how lucky are we that Arden was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes just a year before it was going to be cured? And right. that's actually how it felt. And so I, 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 for years i go online around that time of year when everybody's out fundraising and i remind people this is this is just this is them doing business they're trying to make money to keep their lab going they are not almost to a cure um, right which is i think it's fair and very important to be honest about that to be honest about we are fundraising for the companies the labs that are actually doing the work we don't know how far they are in their work, but we have to continue their work. So your donations, your fundraising will allow them to keep moving further in their research. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that anything is right around the corner. No. And I think that's the hard thing. That's the hard thing to swallow when you may be writing a check that you think is going to further it 
by leaps and bounds or sooner. Yeah. Plus, you have to make a decision about where to send that money because, and all those people are, are involved in a sales. It's a sales job to them. Yeah, it is. They come up with an idea. They think if we can put enough money into this and time and effort, we're going to get to something. Most of them are going to be wrong. Like most of them are going to get to the end of their research and go, oh, that didn't work. This didn't work. Right, or something mm-hmm. else is going to come out of it. I think it's it's funny, though, because as I, as I look through people's comments, you know, 10 years ago, somebody told me 10 years, that was in 87. This person says, 63 years I've had type 1 diabetes. And people have been telling me since I was a teenager, it's going to go away. Right. But, but where I get like kind of sad is that this person writes that a cure is five years away. Please stop blowing smoke up my ass, right? Um, and, and you think, okay, this is a person in line with what you and I are talking about. But then the rest of what they say, my husband used to say, there's no money in a cure. And I think that's how people feel. I don't honestly think that's right, though. I think if you could cure type 1 diabetes, there's money to be had. And, and I, my example will be Prevention Bio uh, came up with T-Zield, right? Yes. Which just mm-hmm. is, at this point, they just think it slows the onset of type 1 diabetes. Right. By a fair amount. Yeah. No, no, it's 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 exciting. But that's not my, my point. My point is that Prevention Bios sold themselves to Sanofi Diabetes for $3 billion. That's money. It, like, I, I don't know. I don't have a billion dollars. So, like, so there is money in that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, and I, I think that's false. I think the point that you're also making is that it's not a fault of the company to further what they're trying to do and who they're trying to reach. There is still, there's a goodness component there to what they're trying to do. And just because they sold and made money on it from a business side, they also sold to a much larger company Mm -hmm. that could potentially move it, propel it forward with much more strength than the small little company could potentially do. Those people were never going to be able to move it like that. Yeah, it's you need big entities that have deep pockets to say, let's take a shot at this and see what we can do. A company that if it doesn't go right, isn't going to fold for the three billion dollars that they spent, which is crazy. Right. But which then folds everything that they have worked to put together thus far. They also make insulin and other things. And and I, I think similarly in that vein, like, listen, I'm. I'm not a cheerleader for the JDRF one way or the other, but when they started saying, you know, that they were focusing on supporting people with diabetes and helping them be healthy, I thought that was terrific. But that was met with a lot of backlash from people who were like, no, you promised a cure, right? Like, and and they said, look, I mean, we're going to start putting money into other things. And that made people upset. But some of the money they put into it led to some of these algorithms and to CGMs and great I almost cursed, but a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, in terms of fundraising, fundraising can go many different avenues, Mm. right? It can go for more money to a particular scientist doing something that's really proving to be valuable thus far. And some of the money might go to support programs that bring families together so that you get to know other people who have diabetes as well. And some of the money might go to, um, you know, underserved in a way that gives them more education and gives them more opportunity to understand and live well. So you have to look at the broad scope of where donations may go. It's not all going in one direction, nor do I think it should. Right. But I I just... 
listen, I personally believe that, you know, I hear people sometimes complain about like, oh, the CEO of this company, have you seen how much money they make? And I'm like, that's, that's the person you want in charge of this. Like a person who wants to make money knows how to make the business powerful so that it can make money. Like you want what the good that comes from that, you know, in health, but you, you can't have like some, like, you know, some lady smelling like patchouli oil can't, it might, isn't going to make the whole thing happen. She's like, I want everybody to have everything for free. That's great. We got to build an infrastructure. We got to hire people. We need to sell something so we can afford to keep the lights on. Like that all has to happen too. Um, right. But, you know, back to the idea of the cure thing and the, I, I get it. Like I get when people say that I get when people speak the way I talk, I, I'm not like, I'm not defending it one way or the other. I started off by saying it wouldn't surprise me if there were aliens in a bunker somewhere and that fiber optics were from something we learned from a spaceship and that Bigfoot didn't exist in Canada and et cetera and so on. Like if you showed me that stuff, I'd be like, huh, that's crazy. But yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, I yeah. totally get it. Right, yeah. right. And, yeah. and by the way, if those things don't exist, I, I get I get the, the flux that we're in here. But right. my bigger point, I think, is that for your overall health and happiness, whether it's true one way or the other, it's not healthy for you to sit around angry thinking someone's keeping this from me. Um, Correct. Because if they are, you're not getting it anyway. And if they're not, you're just worried about something. You're worried exist. about something. And I, you know, I think the first time I can remember, like in my life or my history with diabetes, of thinking down this conspiracy mm -hmm. avenue was when I went to a it was like a science-based presentation. Um, the JDRF had a group that provided new new technology information, what could be coming down the pipeline. It also had new scientific like exploration into not necessarily cures, but more therapeutic kinds of things. And there was a scientist who came and he presented on something that I think it was called smart insulin. Mm -hmm. And he he his presentation was phenomenal to me. It was the idea of taking like an injection of day of one kind of insulin that based on almost like a almost like a thermometer gauge in your body, the insulin would turn on at a certain level of glucose saturation and it would turn off its effect based on a lower level of glucose in in the yeah. body, right? And it, my first consideration to where did this go? Because he had really good research. Mm -hmm. And then a year out, I re I went back and I remembered the presentation. I looked up information and like, where is the, it's just gone. where did this, yeah. like, it's gone. Like, where did it go? And I was thinking, well, either somebody like stomped on this or it proved to not be beneficial. So they didn't get to go forward with it. But I don't know. Like, right. where did it go? Was Who it, knows? So that was my first thought into but, but some of the people here are thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it showed some promise. And one of the big insulin manufacturers came in and bought it and set it on fire because they don't want that. Meanwhile, you could sell smart insulin the same way you would sell other right. insulin. Like it just, yes. just, anyway. Correct. Um, uh, I, I'll finish with this. Nearly 15 years ago, I did an interview when I only had a blog with a company who was working on implanting cells in a pouch and the pouch would stop your immune system from getting to the cells and attacking it. They'd make this little insertion, put the pouch under you and it would, this thing would act like a, like a pancreas. Right. Mm 
And when I was interviewing him, I said, so I said, just t- pretend for a minute we got it all figured out today, right? Today. When do we see this? And he, and he really thought, and he goes, ah, 15 years maybe? And I was like, I'm like, wait, no, what I meant was all the science is done. It's good. When do people hold it in their hands? He goes, yeah, about 15 years. And he's like, you know, manufacturing, procuring the cells. He's like, we'd have to start places to, you know, make the cells, like all this stuff. And by the way, that thing still exists. I, I interviewed somebody in a trial for that recently. It was a blind study. So she wasn't sure if she got, like, they cut her open. They cut some people open and put fake pouches in them, right? Because that's how the studies work. But she's like, I had the cells. I was barely using any insulin a couple months into it. So, wow. so it, it was working. And now other companies are figuring out ways to do that. And, like, I mean, one of the big ideas there, the problem was, at first, like, your immune system would come after the cells. So they actually right. made a mesh that your immune system kind of, like, couldn't see through. Couldn't. Mm-hmm. But the cells could work. Could through. get out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know all the technical words, but but point is, is that it takes a long ass time, and so like I don't. Think Not it, to mention approval. I mean, oh, you have a you have to have enough data points of information to even submit for potential approval for something like this. Yeah. I mean. You know, things like insulin pumps outside the body are one thing, something that you're actually having to be invasive and cut into somebody, which could potentially trigger a reaction that you don't know is coming from that individual. You've got enough, you have to have enough research that says in, you know, 99.9% of people, it has no detrimental effect. Also, no, uh, it's not a forever thing. You have to get opened up and it has to come out and they have to replace it sometimes. So like there's a lot there. But and it's funny at the time I asked my daughter, what would you think of that? And she said, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, I don't want to go to a a doctor's office every six months and have an incision made to like, she's like, I don't think I would do that. The person I would agree with her. And the person who had it done said it was fantastic. So even like, can you imagine working for 25 years to come up with something, you bring it to market and people go, nah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know what's real and what's not, but what I think is that you don't do yourself any favors by torturing yourself about it one way or the other. So Correct. Yeah. Uh, what I usually tell people is that when they ask me if I think there'll be a cure for diabetes, which is a question that oddly I get asked a lot, um, I say, I don't think there will ever be a cure in my lifetime, but I live like there, I live like there won't be, I hope like there will be. So mm-hmm. I take care of my daughter as if this is what the, what it is. This is what it change. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't ever lose hope of it. Like it wouldn't surprise me, you, you know, like if somebody right. figured something out eventually, but you know, in a world where, you know, people have inflammation and they have joint pain from inflammation and we can't figure out how to stop that. Like, this seems like a much bigger problem to me. So, correct. Anyway, yeah. Appreciate you doing this with me. Of course. Yes. Jennifer Smith works at integrateddiabetes.com. Go check her out, will you? Won't you? Won't you please? I don't I don't even know what I meant to say there. And don't forget touchedbytype1.org. The big event is coming up on September 16th. It is free for everyone who lives with or is touched by type 1. Head over there now and get your spot. Go hit that register now button. Do not wait. It will fill up. It has amazing speakers added. I mean, of course it's going to fill up. Wait do you see when we're all in a room together, how much fun it's going to be. 
touchedbytype1.org. I'm going to ask you to check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Go become a member. Get involved in the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. When you support the Juice Box Podcast by clicking on the advertiser's links, you are helping to keep the show free and plentiful. I am certainly not asking you to buy something that you don't want, but if you're going to buy something or use a device from one of the advertisers, getting your purchases set up through my links is incredibly helpful. So if you have the desire or the need, please consider using Juicebox Podcast links to make your purchases.